Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, my name is Bex and welcome to Getting Emotional. Every week I'll be discovering a brand new emotion, or rather, I'll tell you about an emotion you may well have felt, but had no idea there was a name for. This week, it's Limerence. I'm almost furious at this emotion. I'm furious that it exists, that I didn't know about it, and that on researching it, I feel a bit... seen. I'm also aware that in the wrong hands, this emotion sounds at best like love, and at worst, not like an emotion at all, just kind of stalking. Uh, So I'm going to have to tread really, really carefully with this one. Intrigued? Good. I'm going to start by making some wild generalisations. I suspect a lot of people listening may have, at some point, had unrequited romantic feelings for someone else. You have? For me? Oh no, no, yeah, no, right, fair enough. Now, originally in this bit I was going to tell my own story of um, unrequited disaster, is that a phrase? But I have edited it out for the sake of brevity, you understand, definitely not because it was just, you know, super embarrassing. I guess the best way to start by explaining limerence is by saying this. It's kind of having a crush. But more than that, it's a crush that creeps into your head. It's all you can think about. That crush where you imagine yourself with the person. The focus isn't necessarily on a short-term fling in your head. This turns into commitment. And the situations you imagine with them aren't crazy or outlandish, they really could happen. They're probably almost boring. This so-called loving attachment is generally unrequited and can last for weeks, months or years. People who don't experience limerence consider those who do to be living in some kind of weird fantasy world, but for people with a limerent object in their lives, it's very real indeed. Now, limerent object, by the way, I should point out, is not the name of my new band, although it would be amazing. Uh, It's the name for the person that the limerencer is obsessed with. In their mind, the LO is perfect and without flaws. Thinking about them becomes all-consuming. It can be stressful and draining. There can even be physical side effects. I should point out, feelings of limerence aren't kind of like creepy, stalkery feelings someone might have for a stranger. They can often occur when you're already casually dating someone, or it's just somebody that you know pretty well. Someone with limerence will read into literally anything. A basic text message. Hello. A Facebook comment. Hello. A small gesture of acknowledgement. Hello. All of those could be a confirmation that those feelings are maybe reciprocated. Actions that are pretty neutral might get blown out of proportion, and a limerent person will find reasons to believe those messages or those likes are actually proof of hidden passions. I have to admit, when I first heard about this, it felt a little too close to home. I mean, I fancied people, right? And I've thought about them loads. And maybe, if I'm honest, I've reread those text messages just a little too much to find hidden meanings. Spoiler alert, there were none. L- literally just none, they were just saying hi. But I think it goes deeper than my experiences. After all, it's something that can become all-consuming. And I still wasn't entirely sure on how to explain or define it, or how different it was to just fancying somebody or being in love. Uh, and that's very tricky because I'm making a podcast on it and I'm meant to be explaining it to you. Then I found somebody who was very helpful indeed. My blog is called Living With Limerence, and I blog as Dr. L or Dr. Limerence. Uh, preserving my anonymity because it's such a sensitive topic. And uh, can you explain to the listeners what limerence actually is to you? 
Yeah, so limerence, you could describe it in a few ways. I think the simplest way to to describe it is as a, a sort of mental state of romantic obsession. So it starts off um, being euphoric. So it's it's actually very enlivening and it makes you feel uh, very alive and like the world's full of colour and, you know, all the excitement that some people describe as kind of new relationship energy. But I think the thing that distinguishes limerence is that as time goes on, it kind of progresses and it can go wrong and it can become quite kind of debilitating as a state. So you you start to experience intrusive thoughts. You can't stop thinking about uh, this person that you've become infatuated with and it becomes kind of exhausting. It's difficult to concentrate on other things and uh, you, you basically have this, this centre of gravity in your life that... that uh, controls everything and it, it, it means that you've got kind of a single obsession that that uh, dominates your life. Now I have been doing a lot of uh, reading about limerence because I, I have found it fascinating but one thing I find difficult to explain is what's the difference between limerence and I guess having a crush on someone? So some people would say it's that, it's essentially <laughs> the same thing. Um, I think as I said the distinguishing feature for limerence is it progresses to a kind of involuntary state of kind of compulsive daydreaming about this other person that you're infatuated with um, and and a, a desperate, desperate desire to get reciprocation from them, to, to find out do they feel the same way about you. And one way that's been described, which I think is very useful in understanding it, is that it's like addiction to another person. So this other person is so central to your life uh, that you become obsessed and, and you have these compulsive thoughts and the compulsive desire to be with them, spend time with them and so on. So at one level it could be seen as similar to a crush but it's a bit deeper than a typical crush. It, it can last for much longer and really it's it's the, the uncertainty around the term I think is whether you need that transition to a, a sort of pathological mental state, if you like, or certainly a, a distressing psychological state where you can't escape the thoughts that they, they're intrusive and, and you, it, it becomes disruptive to your everyday life. I think describing limerence as an addiction to a person is pretty spot on and it can become almost destructive. It's tricky to differentiate between limerence and love, but there's a theory that a limerent wants to obtain love, whereas a lover wants to give love away. Limerence was first described by psychologist Dorothy Tenov in 1979 after interviewing over 500 people all about love. The research was furthered by Lynn Wilmot in Sussex, who described it as <coughs> an involuntary, potentially inspiring state of adoration, involving intrusive and obsessive thoughts, contingent on perceived emotional reciprocation. Now, Dr. L told me that the modern definition of limerence includes psychological distress, and that depends on the relationship between the limerent and the LO. It's also argued that limerence is just an extension of romantic attraction and not a distinct state on its own. But to be honest, I've gone this far down the limerence rabbit hole, so I might as well continue. In some extremes, limerence can result in euphoria when it looks positive, despair when it all looks a bit bleak, 
shyness, just stuttering, replaying every interaction with the other person over in your head, and even arranging your schedule to maximise your chance of bumping into that person. But don't fear my limerences, there are cures! Kind of? The first is reciprocation. Your crush likes you back. It plays out as you wanted. Maybe, in fact, most of your relationships have actually started with you as a limerent. You get together with your LO, you have a family, and the limerence that created your family turns into the love that will keep your family together. Which, as you'll know, if you've ever fancied someone, and I assume a lot of people have, uh, then this is the dream scenario, and I don't care about you right now because you've got what you've always wanted and you can leave the room. Sorry, uh, back on track. The second is starvation. No contact with the person you connect with means gradually, and this could take a painfully long time, you're starved of contact, you wean yourself off of those emotions. Side note, I feel like this might be the hardest one. I mean, we've all had those people that you know you shouldn't text. You just can't help getting in touch with them to send like a meme or an article or something. And I mean, okay, what I'm saying here is, I think sometimes not texting someone back is easier said than done. But there are two more solutions. Maybe, as Dr. L says, you could just remind yourself they're human. My background is that I'm a a neuroscientist, a research scientist, and so I'm interested in this at the level of the the kind of the neurochemistry and and what's going on in the brain uh, that would lead you into this kind of mental state, this almost altered psychological state. So, you know, there are methods that you can use to, to reverse it. So limerence classically idealize their limerent object. So they, they focus on all the positive aspects of their life and everything that's appealing about them. And, and they will happily censor all of their negative characteristics because, they, you know, they, they have this romantic monomania. And, of course, what you can do to try and undo some of that is to actively devalue the different <laughs> object and and compensate for that idealization and get a much more balanced view of them as an actual real person so this is why i think i quite like the terminology limerent object and i think tenoff coined that deliberately because as limerents we do objectify this person we're not seeing them as a, a rounded human being with flaws and and um you know, everything, all of the rounded reality of being a person, we see them as our idealised version of a kind of romantic avatar in some Mm -hmm. respects, and we project a lot of our own emotional needs onto them. So I think it's quite useful, actually, uh, to to keep that terminology and think of them as a limerent object, because uh, until you stop objectifying them and looking at them in a a more balanced way, um, you're not going to be seen as a person. Finally, there's transference. Put simply, you just move on to someone else. So there we have it, limerence. Maybe you view it as an extreme crush or a mild love. Maybe you're debating whether it's technically a real emotion at all, and perhaps more, it's a bundle of feelings and states of mind in play at the same time. Perhaps you're listening to the description and thinking it sounds a bit odd and a bit creepy. Or maybe you recognise those limerent feelings. You've had them yourself at one point. If so, you're definitely not alone. At least now you know, there's a name for the feeling you've gone through. And also, there's a way out of it. This is Getting Emotional. And that was Limerence. Big thank you to Dr L for chatting to me. And thank you to you for listening. If you've enjoyed it, please do rate, review, subscribe, get emotional. And I'll see you soon. Bye.